Kieran. I'm Hannah. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hey, Hannah. How's it going? It's going. I turned in my research paper, finally. And the day I turned it in, later that afternoon, uh, some progress was actually made on the topic of my research paper. And I was like, really, (laughs) really, really, this entire line in my research paper is now inaccurate because that day something happened. Yeah, let's just hope your professor's not up on the news as much as you are. Yeah, I doubt it because it's about uh, Section 1557 of the Affordable Care Act, which is only really relevant if you're a woman or a trans person. And my professor is neither of those. So how has your week been? I mean, I feel like I'm constantly in a fugue state anytime I have to turn in something for um, tutorial workshop about, you know, like the next section of my memoir. It's like going... I'm, I'm literally tri- time traveling, and it's super intense. Um, I had this great conversation with um, a childhood friend who I was actually writing about at that point. Um, and, like, he found me on Instagram and started messaging me and asking about, like, what I was up to. And I was like, it's funny you should ask. I'm writing about how you were my first crush ever. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, funny enough. Well, I mean, it's only awkward if you make it awkward. It doesn't need to be awkward. We were that's true. We were like eleven and that's twelve. Like, true. who cares? <laughs> that's a lifetime ago. That's yeah, so great. It was great. Um. So, what are we talking about today? Do you remember? Do you remember Dave Ramsey? Did I ever tell you that I met Dave Ramsey? You need to tell the story. Okay. You want to tell our, our listeners who uh, Dave Ramsey is before I get going? Dave Ramsey is this Christian like financial counselor person who advocates that you literally keep cash in envelopes and you only use cash to pay for things and you don't have any credit cards ever because that's evil. Um, and there's more. He's got a radio show and stuff. And he's really, he's really, oh yeah, yeah he has really a radio show. Bible Belt, and he's got this radio show, and he like, call, people call in and ask him for financial advice, and I think, um, if I remember correctly, like his like claim to, to, legitimate knowledge about this stuff is that he like went bankrupt and then rebuilt himself. Right, and he like ate beans and rice for like five years or something. Right, which I mean is the story I remember. Like, and now he has, like, programs in churches. Yeah, a lot also. of churches will run his little, like, financial health program. Um, there's a similar one called Crown Financial Ministries that, that my parents did, but Dave Ramsey was is kind of ubiquitous in this, like... It's in, he, he runs the same Bible Belt, Southern, Midwestern church gamut, where, like... It's uh, it's people who are kind of entrepreneurial and um, formerly working class and who th- have, like, come up in the world a little bit who think that they can, like, really get rich. And so they go to him to, like, help mm-hmm. figure that out. Um, yeah, I met him in L.A. I was working at the 
Barnes & Noble in Santa Monica on the Third Street Promenade, which, alas, is no more. Um, But they let me help um, plan this event because I knew who this guy was. And they were like, why is this such a big event? I don't understand. We've never heard of this guy. And I'm like... You <laughs> should be prepared for your crowd, your your store to just get mobbed with a crowd. Like, and they're like, ah, nah, like a hundred yep. people will show up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you should plan for your store to get mobbed. Um, he showed up in a black sedan with like personal security, and this store is three stories tall, and there's this like big hole in the center so like you could walk around an entire perimeter of like balcony on the second floor and look down into the first and then the same on the third and there are these um escalators going from each level and um he stood on the second floor balcony looking down into this like massive crowd that was like swarming around like the second and first floors and like some people up on the third floor too and he like had some sort of raffle going on where he was going to give away a thousand dollars and like the crowd was rowdy and excited and like he had to like sneak in and out the back like we did with like some of our bigger name celebrities um mm-hmm. and uh just because the crowd was going to mob him because they were all these like orange county conservatives who had driven up who were super excited to see him mm-hmm. and as is predictable, he was kind of a jackass. Like, he's he was not, like, a pleasant guest to have. He was kind of demanding. And um, if he was a woman, we would have called him a diva. And <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and his, his, his crowd managed, he, like, riled up people. And it was, like, the, the store was trashed afterward, after he left. It was just, like, it was just oh so bad. God. Like, nobody, like, everybody just, like, swarmed, came in, was, like, super excited about this money giveaway. And like didn't bother to like look at their surroundings or care about anything like it was just kind of a great big metaphor for that world yeah seriously um so the reason dave ramsey is interesting to us is because um as politics nerds um we're focused on um the state of the economy often and um, the 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 way that it's described in conservative news is very different from the way it's described in liberal news, and um, and these these competing media outlets like always have these very different takes on stuff, and and we understand why, but I don't think everybody else really does. Someone earlier asked me, well, also just said that they don't understand why why conservatives teach their children to be poor and vote in favor of rich people like that's going to help them and my response was two words which was trickle down because that is what like my family and all of the people that we knew at least economically were just like that was what they subscribed to is Mm -hmm. they believed that trickle down economics worked and that was the thing and that was going to save all of us. So we should be giving more money to rich people because eventually that'll get down to here. It's, it's kind of interesting because trickle down economics is like one of like, it's such a, a confused philosophy for Christians to take on because it presumes that, um, that people are basically good. 
and like Christians like base their like entire universe on the assumption that people are basically bad. Yeah. It's like a massive cognitive dissonance piece. Um, you have this idea that if we make the corporations richer, they're going to make more jobs and they're going to send money back down the food chain and the entire economy will rise up with the top line. But if you look at the economics of the last 15 years, you've seen CEO salaries in the 1% like astronomically inflating while the like average wage worker is not being able to um, afford rent in most communities or cities, like even small cities. Like, um, yep. like if I was earning like minimum wage in Virginia, I would not be able to afford rent in the city of Richmond. Um, and it's and it's this idea that like, well, the corporations are just gonna you know make more jobs and they're gonna get benefits and like you know right. dividends to their employees but when you look at like i mean we, we saw this with amazon recently like amazon's 15 dollars an hour minimum wage hike that happened recently is actually going to cost the employees more because it <laughs> they're good they're losing they're losing um their shares they're losing their um some of their stock options they're losing some of their um long-term benefits that were previously part of their employment package and with the increase to $15 an hour as a minimum starting line um, they're actually losing out more in the long run so this this whole trickle down economics thing doesn't work because money is mammon and people are still basically bad and (laughs) they're just going to try to keep it for themselves which we've seen this entire time but this is this is like the great American myth this is like Anyone can come here and um, and make it on their own by like sheer willpower and white knuckling it and like working hard and eating beans and rice. But mm-hmm. that assumes that the system is going to be in your favor. And if you're a cis white dude, maybe that's the case. But you also have to look at like where you come into society, like what kind of privilege you have if you have. Um, the college degree and if, uh, i mean i'm just i'm going off on a real long rabbit trail here but you you get the point there's no there's no other outside factors that could possibly like be why you succeed or why you don't succeed at least not in the way that i was taught economics right. which is ridiculous because your actual success has to do not with like your ability and sheer willpower it has to do with other external factors right and so when we look at things like the the um the big tax bill that was passed earlier this year that gives corporations a massive massive break um the reason people will encourage their representatives to vote for something like that or will support policies like that when they are wage workers or poor conservatives who, you know, are living off of beans and rice out of necessity and can't afford basic health care, it's because there's this assumption that, like, one day I might have a chance at being rich, so I'm going to vote in <laughs> or, like, support policies. In favor of rich people. Yeah, that will favor rich people because I might be one one day. And it's this, this hubris of, like, because I'm basically, says white and Christian, I'm the top line of privilege for this mm-hmm. country. So I have a shot at making it there. And and that's 
that's not necessarily the case. And it's, and it's one of the most anti-Christian sentiments because you're overlooking the poor. You're overlooking mm-hmm. the marginalized. You're look, overlooking the refugees. You're overlooking the immigrants and the, you know, the foreigners in your land. Like all of these biblical concepts that like Jesus taught all the time. These things are completely counter to them. Yeah, that's what's that's what's so fascinating about like economics and Christianity is just the sheer amount of cognitive dissonance between like, well, it's bad to want to be rich because we should be spending all our money on helping the poor, but also being rich is good and being rich means you're blessed by God and like there's this whole uh like my parents dabbled for a very brief time in uh like the prosperity prosperity theology prosperity gospel stuff yeah yeah like if you obey god Uh, well enough god's gonna financially bless you and you're gonna like speak your blessings into reality and my my uh my ex's family was very much into that as well and that was a huge part of like that was a weird culture shock to me after being married is like my parents choosing to be poor because they gave so much money away and then being bombarded with mm-hmm. like prosperity theology. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this before we got going, but um, did you have to read Adam Smith in high school too? Wealth of Nations? I did not read Adam Smith, but it was like a thing that was going around. I remember people reading I don't think it. I read the entirety of it, but I know I read selections of it. And then Gary DeMar. Like, these things are so pervasive. Um, yeah. Okay, so Dave Ramsey and debt. Why is debt bad? There is a verse in the Bible about it uh, somewhere. I don't remember which. Here, I, uh, But also, I, oh, you probably have Yeah, it I've got it up. It's on the Dave Ramsey website. If, with all of these. Oh, uh, of course it is. Of course it is. It is. Yes. Um, Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Right. And it's bad to be a slave to anyone but God, really. <laughs> so you have to not be in debt. Right. So, like, there's this idea of, like, selling your soul, which is, like, it's so funny because this is, this this piece of theology, theology is completely siloed with how they, like, see souls in slavery and uh, obligation and signing contracts. Did you ever run into people who like wouldn't sign contracts because of this verse? I think I did. I think, I think I did. We had um, this addition we were trying to build on our house. We were converting a garage into um, another bedroom and a living room. So we were like raising the roof and like putting a, raising the floor in the garage and like converting it so that we could have extra space after the twins were born. And um, we had this contractor from our church who was a, a family friend, and we asked him if he wanted the job. And we asked him for um, a bid. And then to, when we agreed on the bid, we wanted to sign a contract with him, my father did, um, for the job before they got going. And this guy wouldn't sign a contract. And, like, was like, this is unbiblical, and here's all the reasons why. Oh, my God. And, like, we had to stop being friends with this family because of that conflict. Oh my like, god. They were like, Oh, you guys are not like as theologically sound as we thought you were, so we can't be friends with you anymore. Mm-hmm. My parents did that, but about faith healing instead of signing contracts. 
that was like the hallmark of my childhood. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, well, you just sent, you just went to the doctor. So obviously you're evil. Yeah. I mean, there's this, um, something about like your word, your word should be your bond and you're not going to like take other Christians to court. So like, don't set yourself up for situations like that. That's like Mm -hmm. all, all kind of wrapped in that. Um, yeah, but yeah, Dave Ramsey. So the this like the concept of like it's slavery, like debt is slavery, and anyone with student loans knows that sinking feeling of like, oh yeah, that that, that I mean, it kind of does feel like that. Um, yep. But it's it's a proverb. It's not a it's not a statute, <laughs> right? But again, with the literalism. So. Um, you like me didn't have a credit score until very late in your adult life. Yeah, no, I didn't uh even have like a credit card until I was 22 or 23 and the way that happened was because um my ex and I wanted to move and needed to have like a credit score and I didn't have one. Mm-hmm. And that like wouldn't have gone over well. So we were like, okay, how do how do you get a credit score if you don't have a card? And like, I never went to college, so I never got the like letter from the creditors that are like, hey, try this card because you're in college or whatever. Yeah, or your student loans or whatever. Yeah. So we set up. uh, I became an authorized user on my uh, ex's cards. And that allows you to build credit kind of safely. And then over time, after, like, you have something that says you have a credit score, you can, like, get your own cards. So my in-laws had given us a, like, free enrollment to a Dave Ramsey class when we were engaged. And so we were attending that on Sunday nights at a church. Um, And so we were very much, like, against debt and all this stuff and didn't have a credit score uh my ex did have student loans significant student loans and so he had um kind of a credit score so we were able to like get an apartment and stuff like that um but like the reason we were going to dave ramsey was so we could figure out how to pay off his student loans fastest and Mm. um and i didn't have a credit score at all um, I had gotten a bunch of need-based aid and some help from my grandmother for college, so I didn't have loans um, because my parents were very adamantly against it. Like, I was not allowed to go to college if I was going to take out student loans. Um, and they tried to break up me and my ex over this because my, my father was like, yeah, he, like, he's not financially oh, no. a good match for you because he's got student loans and that's, like, sinful. And so it became this, like, whole thing during our, like, courtship and then engagement where we were, like, going back and forth on this. And so, like, to try to appease my parents, my in-laws bought us this, like, class pack to Dave Ramsey's class. Um, and we did the entire thing together. And I think that was, like, one of the conditions that we had to, like, go through Dave, the Dave Ramsey course before we got married. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I also did that. Yeah. So Dave Ramsey does this, like, he's got all these like theories about debt reduction, debt management, and he's like, um, you know, you pay off the smallest loan first, so that you feel like you're making progress, and it keeps you like emotionally invested, 
Um, which is actually like bad financial management because like the the largest mm-hmm. the largest account is going to be the one that's accruing the most interest, and it's going to yep. set you back further if you take more time. Um, but and then like the whole envelope thing where you like you budget everything and then you take out all of that money and you put it in envelopes by budget category, so you only spend that amount in cash for each of these categories and no more because you would, there's no more money in the envelope. There's no more money. Um, and some of that makes sense. Like there's, there's, there's a little bit of, um, just common sense to that. But the reality is that we are living in an economy where it's not designed for poor people to thrive. And so it's like, it's like this whole like climate change stuff where it's like, cool, you could recycle and, like, you know, take your metal straw places with you and, like, bring your own silverware when you travel and, like, use only cloth napkins. But the problem is not you and your, like, tiny consumer habits. The mm-hmm. problem is massive corporations. And so yep. the the same deal is happening with the American economy. So, like, Sure, these things like kind of make you feel better about yourself, but they're not really going to fix the system that's like stacked up against you. And what I realized, because I did, I did financial peace university through our church with my parents. Oh yeah, that's what it's while called. I was courting because they were like, "You should do this thing," mm-hmm. but I, I didn't have a choice, so I had to. Um, and and after after I moved out and got married, I realized how like out of touch with reality for people who are just starting out Mm -hmm. all of that advice is because you have to have a credit score in order to like get a car get an apartment Mm -hmm. do anything and all of dave ramsey's advice was for people who already had a credit score and were just drowning in debt and then he was like and you should just avoid this and not have a credit score but that said like you have access to zero things right so if you don't have a and then like you get families like you know that are more well off and they're able to like be co-signers on stuff and like help their kids like right you know get into that apartment or get that first car or whatever um, or like help them pay something down in cash, and like that's great, like that you can do that. But like, my parents wouldn't co-sign anything with me, and it wasn't because yeah, I was no. irresponsible. It was because they believed that that was wrong, and they also didn't have any money. Yep, that was also why I couldn't go to PHC because they were like, you should apply, and then I had to have them sign the thing that said they'd like pay if I couldn't, uh-huh. and they refused. Oh, interesting. They're like, no. Yeah. Um. This is why I lived with my in-laws for six months after I got divorced because they had a spare bedroom and I couldn't get an apartment in the D.C. area without a credit score and I didn't have a credit score. Um, And so they let me stay there and save up some money and build some credit. I like opened a a credit card account about a month before we split up because I I realized at some point how bad that whole situation was. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't expecting us to split, but we had talked about it and like we're realizing like we had been fleeced. And so I like got like this super simple like Southwest points card and was like paying gas and groceries off of it and, and then like paying it off every month. And that was how I was just trying to like build like a consistent credit. Um, and then I was able to use that credit score to get a car. 
And I, um, as someone without a much of a credit score, I was, but with um, a good bank, I was able to get a USAA, like, well, I had USAA through my ex, and then something about having that account allowed me to get take advantage of a first-time car buyer program. But I had to buy a new car in order to create my credit score. Mm-hmm. And then I sold it for cash to someone who had done the financial peace university thing and was paying by, <laughs> paying paying for it in cash right before I left for Peace Corps. And I was able to close out that loan. And that, like, bumped everything up really well. But, like, all that takes so much time. And if you're doing hedge mm-hmm. of theology and you're, like, submitting to your spouse and you're not, like, you know, having a job or have any of your own income, like, you're going to be financially trapped if anything goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And we've watched that happen one too many times. Yeah. That was like the separating credit is like the hardest part of or was the hardest part of like my divorce, Mm -hmm. which like I only just finished doing this month, last month. Yeah. Wow. Because um, I was an authorized user on all of my ex's cards. So they all show up in my credit score and all... I'm not sure if it goes the other way, um, but like our our credit scores were tied together for we're tied a, to each other a long time, which was kind of really irritating. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the way around that is the uh, owner of the account can click a button that says "Remove the authorized user," and then you're not associated anymore. Or you can call the credit card company and be like, "Please take me off of this account, thanks." Yeah, I had to do that with my ex too. Um, yeah, it's just so much mess. Financial, like, being tied to someone financially is one of the reasons that people have a really hard time leaving abusive relationships. Um, that mm. financial abuse is really, really significant. And I just would be very careful about, like, sharing bank accounts and credit Have your and own stuff. bank yeah. account. Always, 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 always have always. your own. It's so bad. So stressful. That was that was kind of what saved me was that I did have my own bank account mm-hmm. because we switched to Simple and they didn't have joint accounts at the time. Mm-hmm. So we each had our own. So I had my own bank account and that was like, I was so happy when when I got divorced. I was like, yeah, that was actually a really good decision was having yeah. my own bank account and my own access to money. Um, Yeah, it's a little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad. It's just like I'm like I'm like feeling myself like starting to disassociate and getting stressed just remembering all of those processes of disentangling all of that yeah. stuff. It was so bad. And we really didn't have that much. We like we d- like of all of the divorces I've heard, ours was like one of the most simple. And um mm-hmm. and it still like messed me up cuz it was so bad. Yeah. Divorce is hard. Divorce is hard and money is hard. Especially when it's tied to, like, your sense of morality and your sense of self. Yes. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I think that's one thing that we, like, kind of missed at the the introduction. Yeah. So, like, having debt is kind of really tied to, like, your moral standing as a person, or at least it was uh, for me after my parents, like, did Dave Ramsey stuff. And the interesting thing about my parents is they... Like, and the reason they were drawn to Dave Ramsey was because they had a lot of debt, because they were foreclosed on all by their own 
choice. Like they could have paid the mortgage and then we wouldn't have had a foreclosure and it would have been fine. Um, but they like had a lot of guilt around that and a lot of anxiety around it. And then they were listening to Dave Ramsey and, and being told that like debt was bad and they just like ran with it and adopted the whole like it makes you a like less than moral person if you have a bunch of debt mm -hmm. and and that's just bad and so then we were we were taught to see money also as an evil evil bad thing and especially debt and especially credit as like a bad thing and and part of our like when when I was courting my parents were also really angry that my ex had a student loan because uh, PHC doesn't let you do like Pell Grants. So how else are you going to pay? It's not a cheap school. No. Um, well, I mean, yeah, this so is the my, same with Grove like, City. Yeah. So that was like a fatal flaw. And uh, they also required that my ex have a car, but obviously that car couldn't have a loan, so it had to be a car bought out of cash. Mm -hmm. uh, and and they had all of these rules and things, and uh, my ex's family yeah. also did. So there was just like a lot of shame and guilt about like needing like having debt at all and needing a credit score to survive because all of the elder adults in our lives were telling us that was bad and evil without realizing or understanding that that was a necessary thing to have. So we felt bad and guilty and wrong for making wise financial decisions because you need to have a credit score in order to like survive and be independent and be on your own. Uh, unless you have a family who's privileged enough to get around it and neither of us did yeah well and because it's so it's so like linked to like your your moral it's, it's linked to like your moral standing your moral standing and also like your ability to like be a self-disciplined person like it's yes. so tied to like your like the quality of selfishness yeah you're the quality of your moral fiber is like so linked to your financial standing that i have struggled so like i just it's so hard for me to budget. It's so hard for me to think about this because like I've been fed all of these these myths about how money is related to my quality as a human, like my like worthiness yeah. as like a a person to exist. And so yeah. and none of that's real. And again, it's like this like this is about the corporations and the state of the economy and like you know, Republicans voting against their own interests uh, or poor Republicans voting against own, their own interests mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And it's it's not about me. It's like my right. my financial decisions, like sometimes may not be the best, but like I'll also I'm not being stupid. I'm being screwed. <laughs> right. Exactly. And and whenever I would try to bring that up in conversation that was always shut down it was always like well you're just a bad selfish whiny liberal because like you're refusing to take your like responsibility for yourself when really i'm just pointing out that there's a systemic problem right yeah and so it's just like well you're just it's 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 the financial equivalent of you're just bitter that you're poor and it's like no no i'm just realizing that there are factors bigger than me in this situation um our friend karis adele like talked about on twitter the other day about um how she feels like she's 
she's chasing the person she could have been if she had been raised normally and that she's never going to yeah. meet that. And I feel that about money a lot where like I, I see peers yes. that are like able to buy a house or like. Um, My brother has a house that he bought. It's like I am. I have been struggling since my divorce financially and living paycheck to paycheck. And yep. it's it's fine. But I've also I've also um, put my my mental health um, over because of scarcity thinking. And it's such a big trigger for me. I put my mental health mm-hmm. with um, like having enough food and having um, like security in terms of like like a physical space over um, not having any debt. And so I've, I've racked up some credit card debt because I've been yep. like, no, I have to like have food in the house. Like same. I have to like always have a full gas tank. I have to like always have my car tuned up. Like I don't have an expensive car. I am I'm not buying a super expensive food. I am eating almost vegetarian pretty much by accident just because I don't have money to buy meat. But like, you, like I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always going to make sure I have a little booze in the house. Cause I want to be able to like wind down and relax. Like there's all these decisions that I'm yeah. making that like, I am judging myself for as I am making them to protect myself from scarcity anxiety, but I'm having to choose to indulge in financial scarcity and anxiety yep. by racking up a little bit of credit card debt to do that. And it's, it's totally messed up. And, um, yeah. and it's exhausting. It's so hard. Oh my God. Yeah, so my um my school Laney has uh they're working with some like nonprofits in the area to offer financial counseling to students for free. So I have someone I check in with once a month about like what I need to do to get out of debt, what progress is being made and whatnot. And the thing that they That's awesome. asked me off the bat was like, What what are your financial goals? Like do you want to like uh like save for a thing do you want to invest in like a house do you want to like accumulate wealth and i'm like i just want to be stable i just want to be able to afford food and afford rent and feel like i can do that without drowning in more debt yeah. because i have been making all of those choices because i'm like i need to eat i can't think further i need ahead to like that. <laughs> have clothes i need to like be able to get through school mm-hmm. i don't care about owning a home i don't care about getting rich i just want to be stable that is yeah. my goal. And they're like, whoa. I'm like, this is this is my life. I, I honestly, I can't think further than this. I just want to be like, I just want to be at that base level of the pyramid. Right. Where all of my needs are like fine. Right. Well, that and that's that's one of the weird things about like, since I came back from the Peace Corps, I've like never had like a, like a great job that was like doing normal, healthy things for me. But... I have found ways to make money that have mostly been fine. And I got screwed over with taxes by my last employer really badly. But I've been able to, like, make rent and buy food Mm -hmm. and, like, pay for my gas and my car insurance and, like, even, like, get health insurance through the ACA. Like, tiny little things that I wasn't able to do before. And it's like, I don't know how to function with enough. I only know how to function with not enough. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have a list of resources that you've put together here. 
or how people can yes. figure things out. Yeah. If um, you grew up like so, us. <laughs> right. So the first thing that um, I definitely recommend is if you have access to a community resource like the financial counselors at a community college or like there's nonprofits um, called Credit Consumer Consulting uh, or something like that. And uh, they will help you if you're in a lot of debt, like figure out a plan, they'll negotiate with your creditors. I am currently in the process of doing that right now because I got divorced and lived on credit cards for two years. And I... <gasps> Sorry, she's very, very distracted. She's like climbing in my lap and wants to go out. Oh, she's, she's like, you should be paying attention to me, Mom. Mom, why are you not playing am, with me? I am cute. Why are you not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So there are, there are nonprofits and organizations who, like, will offer free financial counseling. You just have to, like, Google that in, like, your city. Yeah. Uh, and you should be able to find it. Um, there's also for tracking where your money goes. Which I, um, I, I, I will just Mint. I will just say I do not use Mint because it is so stressful for me to know that and have that documented like that. So d- use it at your own risk, but it does give you notifications yes. about everything. Yeah, I like only I also get really anxious about it, so I only check it like once every quarter mm-hmm. uh, or so um, because it it stresses me out to see that and then i'm like oh i'm actually not doing as bad as i thought i was so it's it's comforting um but if you if you want to keep track of things hook all your stuff up with mint and that helps and then i also discovered this app um called you need a budget what is that which is it basically helps you budget and you can hook it in with your bank account and your credit cards and you can set up all of your like recurring monthly Mm. bills and how much those are and your expenses and how much that is and then you plug it in you assign the values to them and then um as you spend money you can label those transactions as coming from those categories Mm -hmm. and it helps you see how much you're spending on a thing it's like a more interactive version of mint that happens live as you go so if you did, if you learned how to do a budget as a kid on paper, it's like that, but in an app. Nice. Um, and it's a little bit fancier. There's more more things that you can do with it than just writing things out by hand and having to do a lot of subtraction. Cool. Um, but I've been playing with it. It's good. yeah, and I I use I tend to, if I do that I do Excel um, and I'll usually go through it with a friend who has a a finance background and she's really patient she's known me for forever and she's not going to judge me and I'm not going to feel um traumatized being honest with her about where I'm at with all of my money um I don't feel like it's an accountability session I feel like it's a like how can I not be stupid session and so she'll she'll go through things with me and we usually we do that like once a year she kind of holds my hand through the process so that I'm I'm not like traumatizing myself more by doing it on my own Mm mm-hmm yeah. Which is really good. The other thing I found is um, a friend recommended this app called Acorns, which I like because it's it's tiny. It's like my, it's a microfinance saving tool, um, kind of micro investing s- setup, um, where it rounds up all of your expenses. So like 
if you spend Ooh. like 1997 at Target, it sends three cents to that app or whatever. So it rounds up to the nearest dollar and um, for all of your transactions. So you just link your bank account accounts with it. And then you can um, choose a like like a low to high risk portfolio um, and they make the investments for you and um, it will like track like how much you're earning and they're um they're releasing like a like a Roth IRA portion of it too that you can contribute to in small small doses so it's it just keeps things at a at a you know super manageable level if you're not earning a lot um it's a way to save in like tiny tiny fragments um that seems good. Because yeah. I'm not I'm not in a position where I'm able to like put ten percent of my income into a savings account like you're recommended to do. Yeah, no. Um but I can I can put five cents, seven cents, ten cents, like, yeah, that 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 seems reasonable. I can do that. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, it's nice. That makes sense. That's really neat. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to mention uh is for if you're in the situation where you are up to your eyeballs in debt and your interest charges or whatever are bringing your minimum to an absurd amount mm-hmm. um what you can do is credit card companies have hardship programs nice. so you can email your credit card company and be like hey I can't meet the minimum what are my options and they will send you a list of organizations who they work with who can make payments for you on your behalf at a lower interest rate than what you're paying and at a lower like minimum than what you're paying. So I'm currently working with GreenPath um, with my cards and I pay them like $385 a month and they make payments to my creditors on my behalf. And I should have both of those paid off in like five years. And that's so much easier than like paying $600 a month, which is like all of my income right. on only credit cards. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, if you get help from a financial planner, um, there's, uh, they're going to recommend resources like that. They're going to have access to um, op- more options than you're aware of. So mm-hmm. get help. Don't be ashamed of it. This is not a moral failing on your part. This is a like, you know, part of the, this is not your this fault. This is part of the reality of living in late stage capitalism as a millennial. Um, yep. Another thing that I heard a friend talking about recently who grew up like us, she was recommending um, going through and journaling, um, like for every age, like all of the significant lessons you were taught about money and kind of doing cognitive oh. behavioral therapy about that. So, like, you know, like, when you're six and your parents are lecturing you about tithing, what did they teach you? And how is that true or not? And like, how is that like not tied to your morality or tied to your morality? And, um, and it can help like disarm some of that um, trauma based thinking that will make you make irrational decisions about money um, in a crisis and keep you from tying it to your self-worth. That makes sense. That's really smart. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for listening, guys. If you have questions, you can um, shoot us an email. Yes, send us your questions. Uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon, which is Kitchen Table Cult Pod. 
on Patreon. And um, know that you're not alone in all of this. If you grew up this way, listening to Dave Ramsey, um, there's better stuff out there and you're not crazy. And if you have tips or advice, uh, send them to us on Twitter at, uh, what is our handle? I think it's Kitchen Cult Pod. <laughs> you can reach I'm out to sure us individually pod. too. Um, <laughs> my handle is H.A. Ettinger. And mine is MX Darkwater. And, and if you're also... Yeah, you're um, not alone. Also, if you're a listener and you are um, an expert in this field and you want to offer your resources to former homeschoolers who grew up with this kind of teaching, let us know and we'll put you in touch with the right people. Yeah, send us an email and we'll make things happen. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.